right, and we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, as I always ask, please, 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 please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate it. And, you know, if you, anybody out there loves the NBA and loves the Lakers, please tell them about the Lakers Fast Break. We could use all the support we can. It is truly appreciated and cannot thank you enough for doing so. Also want to give a shout-out to NBA Draft Junkies and also Lakerholics.net, some great supporters of ours. We truly appreciate everything they do for our show. But it is going to be a great episode. I've had some many, many great conversations and still more to come. And on my next conversation coming up here, I'm going to go ahead and run down the entire list of interviews that you can be looking forward to because there's just so many. I didn't want to go ahead and detract too much from my guest here because I might be going for a while, but I'm going to go ahead and give everybody an update on all what's going on here at the Lakers Fast Break coming up in the next couple of weeks or so. But right now I have a tremendous guest. If you have not yet seen his awesome site, Talk To Me Sports Radio on Blog Talk Radio and heard his awesome show, you're missing out, especially if you're an L.A. sports fan. You got to go ahead and check it out today. That's Talk To Me right there for you. All one word. Talk, the number two, and me, Sports Radio, on Blog Talk Radio. It's right there on the screen for everybody watching on Facebook Live. It is Melvin Washington III. And Melvin, I know we were talking a little bit beforehand about our L.A. backgrounds a little bit. I just, to a little bit more, I, I lived in L.A. for about 25 years. I was born in Southern California, so I have a great affinity for it. And I know you are as well. And I know talking about the Lakers is is something that is, and, and the NBA for that matter, is something that you and I both just cannot do enough of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of the similar, similar background too as well. I was born and raised in L.A. So basically I'll raise all L.A. teams, you know, Lakers, Dodgers, SC Trojans, uh, now the L.A. Rams because they relocated back to L.A. three years ago. So um, I'm born and raised in L.A. I live here in Vegas now. We got a lot of things that's going on here now with the Raiders coming here. Uh, this year, also the Golden Knights, you know, for hockey. And then, you know, we get the NBA Summer League and the Rodeo. And then I was, I was pumping my fist on the Golden Knights because, I, you know, I, I'm also a Vegas uh, resident since 95. So, uh, you know, you and I both have seen that, okay, we've got this great affinity for LA sports. But to see this, you know, this this new team do well, it's it's really a great story. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people didn't think that Vegas was capable of supporting a pro team with all the things that are going on, especially with the hospitality side, with the gambling and the casinos and everything like that. So it's kind of great to prove them wrong that, you know, we can support not not one, but multiple professional franchises, you know, with the Raiders coming here. We got the Las Vegas Aces WMEA team here, too, as well. So we got the we got the NHL affiliate that's coming here next year i believe the the henderson silver knights and they have an have, arena right near you exactly yeah because i'm actually on i'm actually right across the street from the raiders practice facility and across from the m casino resort where the where the where that's the official uh team headquarters for the for the las vegas raiders too as well so i was literally watching that thing get built from the ground up since since they broke ground on it so i was not the most enthusiastic about Allegiant stadium because of the large cost and how much the taxpayers were ultimately, because you, you and I both know, it, originally there was supposed to be one set amount that was going to the taxpayers as far as the bill. 
and then it turned out to be another because the other the private parties involved didn't or couldn't or didn't most likely didn't decide to go ahead and put as much money into it so more taxpayer money and people just say here in vegas oh just throw it at the tourist throw all that money at the tourist well the thing is if you make it more expensive for the tourists they're not going to come to vegas yeah, I think they were hoping that, you know, that, you know, like you said before, that is Las Vegas, that people are going to come for their three-day weekends and just on the weekends, Friday, drive a lot of people from California driving down on Friday and leaving Sunday morning. So I think they were just banking on for that still to not be not change at all with uh, the tourism. If they get a monorail system here that actually is working with all the pieces that you and I both know that they have, it's like a puzzle that's not finished. If they ever finish that puzzle and make it really nice and streamlined, you know what? All, more power to it. But I, I will tell you that I am happy about the Gold Knight success. Uh, I wish them luck in the their own bubble up north in Canada. I wish it would have right. been here in Vegas. I wish either of the bubbles would have been here in Vegas. I think actually right now the players in the NBA <laughs> think wish they was kind of like in Vegas because we've seen the pictures. I know you have on social media, and I know I've seen some out on social media already as far as the conditions as they say, of some of the uh, the bubble contestants uh, as far as it's concerned. And let's just say it's it's a little bit humorous from time to time. Yeah, it was, it was definitely eye-opening when, you know, when you see the players who've, who have arrived, you know, with their teams to the bubble, you know, just seeing the conditions of the hotels that they're in, the conditions of the food, and then everything that has to go with it along with that. So it's kind of shocking right now to see what it is, but I'm sure once, you know, games get back up upon there, everything will, will get better with it. So I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. And, uh, you know, once the, the games actually start, or at least even the scrimmages, that's going to come up around the, I think the 22nd, if I'm not mistaken, that they'll, the focus will be more on that than the actual conditions. I hope the conditions will get better. It's kind of surprised. I've been to Orlando a couple of times myself, visited Disney world, been in, in around hotels, my daughter is a, a Disney uh, – one of my daughters is a Disney aficionado, just loves everything Disney. And she said, oh, that's, that's a good, great place to stay and whatnot. Then you're seeing all this other side of it, and that's kind of – I don't know. I, I wouldn't say concerning because it's stuff that you and you – know, maybe you and I would have to go through if we're just going down there as regular tourists going down there. But these NBA players, which are used to the five-star – the ultra top of the line hotels and whatnot, maybe like a difference, a, a shock for them, a shock to the system per se. Yeah. I mean, who's to say, you know, what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I know, you know, I think the NBA did a, you got to come in on the job that they did for them putting this thing together in the first place. And I know things are going to picked up. These athletes are used to their own personal, maybe chefs or anything like that, you know, come in, you know, cook them home, cook meals, and everything like that. So I'm pretty sure we won't see LeBron James eating a elementary school lunch for every day. So you know what I mean. So I don't think we have to. I don't think we have to worry about that for the time being right now. That's that's funny. Yeah, that's the best way to say the elementary school. Very well said. Very well said. Because you've already seen. I've already seen social media pictures of his trainer go down with him, and he had on the mask and the whole nine yards. So. Uh, you know, the the exclusive thirty to five to thirty seven people you had to include you know, make sure and take care of LeBron and 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 what he's because he is and he and AD are the most valuable individuals going into the bubble this time for the Los Angeles Lakers and that brings me to the point of you're right that the NBA should get credit for trying to create this bubble and make it as safe as possible I mean and this is not cheap 
this is not cheap at all. I mean, we're talking, you know, what, I think at least 100 to $200 million that the NBA is going to dish out and spend on this bubble before all is said and done. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had a plan in place. So you got to give Adam Silver and everybody in the league credit for, you know, for them wanting to actually resume the season after after it was stopped. So you got to give them credit for at least them, you know, trying to create a solution for trying to resume the season and pick up where they left off. And obviously, wish it was here in Vegas, but I think Orlando is the best spot that they thought they would have a better chance of doing that. So I think it will work. I know it's going to be a lot to get used to. You know, you're going to have some teams that's going to be there for, you know, about three months, which is going to be, you play, you say, if you lose, you go home. So, you know what I mean? So you keep winning. And if you hold that trophy at the end of the, at the end of the year, then it's all worth it. And that's something I also want to ask you is how important is this specific championship going to be? Because the talk that's been out there for last week was really hot. Should the NBA champion get an asterisk or similar to when San Antonio won during the strike shortened season? I don't think so. In actuality, that I think that whoever wins, I'm hoping it's the Lakers personally, that whoever wins in this type of scenario, in this type of situation, that's going to be there quarantining for three months, essentially, deserves in these types of conditions to be expounded on as one of the greatest championships of all time. Yeah. I mean, I think you just think about it from, you know, just speaking on the Lakers standpoint, they were, they were one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They just come up, they had a huge weekend that previous weekend, beating Milwaukee on that Friday night and then beating Clippers on that Sunday uh, showcase game. Obviously they took a loss to Brooklyn that Tuesday before the league shut down. So you look at a team like the Lakers right now, this is going to dictate how they're going to move forward in the future with Frank Vogel being the first year head coach. And, you know, Jason Kidd is having some serious head coaching interest from other teams around the league. And Anthony Davis will be a free agent this year. So, you know, they, and the Lakers have won each decade. They won the last two championships. They won in 2000 when they had their first three P and they won in 2010 when uh, they went back to back against, against Boston in that game seven in a seven game series. So this is a very important year for them to get off to a good start. And just everything that happened with the Lakers this year and the NBA as far as, as far as, you know, with the whole Daryl Morey with China issues, and then they had David Stern pass away, and then obviously Kobe Bryant, you know, tragically passed away. So, I mean, I just think if the Lakers were able to hold the trophy, I think this will be something that will be memorable, for, and this will be something that will speak on their legacy forever. This will probably be, in my opinion, it sounds like a lot in yours as well, that will be one of the most valued and important, and for me, I think it will probably be the most valued and important championship the team has ever won just because of the roller coaster ride the team and its fans have had to endure through like you said you mentioned china you mentioned david stern's passing you mentioned kobe bryant and his unfortunate death and all the things that the lakers have had to go through small or big ups and downs every part of the way so I want to just say right now that I think this would go down as the Lakers' best championship should they win it, or anybody else out there, should they win it under these type of circumstances, it's got to be the biggest feather in their cap. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that because you never because this is the first time in my lifetime a lot of people can say that they've ever dealt with something of this pandemic that's going on. You know, usually – you know, when you have a lockout season, it's usually due to money or teams not or sides not agreeing, whether it be ownership or the players association not agreeing on something. But this was a global pandemic that affected the whole world and pretty much stopped everybody's life in its tracks. And the fact that they're able to come back after three months 
you know, obviously the first couple games are going to be sloppy, you know, as, as they always are when they usually, when you see preseason games, you know, they come back during the summer, but you know, I mean, we were robbed of a really fantastic end of the season with the Western conference being the way it is with Memphis come, being in that eight spot New Orleans catching behind them. And then the East was getting a little tighter too, as well as far as Milwaukee and Boston and, and Toronto climbing up and try to catch them, you know, so we were robbed of a great regular season finale and we had to settle for what we have right now, but I think the NBA has done a fantastic job doing what they're doing, and I think they should all be credited for what they did. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Once again, I'm on with Melvin Washington III. He is on Talk To Me Sports Radio Online. You got to go ahead and catch it today on Blog Talk Radio. I've got the site, again, right up there for our Facebook Live viewers, but it's Talk To Me, all one word with the number two in the middle, Sports Radio. It's a great show, and you got to catch it as soon as possible. If you're into sports like I am, it's a place to go. It's Talk To Me Sports Radio, Blog Talk Radio. But before we get to you, explaining why people need to check it out because I can say the great th- greatest things about it, but I want you to give people better insight on Talk To Me Sports Radio. I want to hear your thoughts on the bubble itself and the, the way the season's going to progress and, of course, the playoffs. I want to hear your thoughts on who is going to be or who are going to be the standout teams in your mind as far as coming up here in the bubble playoff season scenario that we're about ready to see. I do agree with the the way the teams that they selected to go in the bubble. I think the teams, you know, were in the playoff hunt and a lot of players were kind of upset, especially like Damian Lillard for the Portland Trail said that he wasn't going to be going to play had his team not had a shot to win to be in the playoffs. So I think the NBA did a really good job of uh, selecting teams they did select. Obviously, one of the big reasons why I think they are having the bubble back is not only LeBron James, but also Zion Williamson. He was coming on really strong for New Orleans, and he got that team up to the ninth spot in the playoffs. So I think you know the NBA is trying to make up for that money that they lost by bringing New Orleans back in there, and they have a great young team that's going on right now. So, I mean, I definitely think this playoff bubble does favor the the more veteran league, more veteran leadership team. So such as like you know, obviously the Lakers with all the veterans that they have, they have a couple championship players on their team also. With uh, the, the Clippers, too, as well, you know, with Kawhi Leonard coming off the season he did with Toronto last year and then bringing in Paul George as well with Doc Rivers and all those guys. And then you have your kind of a dark horse. It's like Utah. I don't know how their chemistry is going to work with the whole – with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert after what happened with the whole COVID-19 outbreak that kind of sparked the um, the suspension of the season with that. And then you have a team like Houston who was kind of, you know, they are kind of playing that money short ball now where they traded all their their bigs. They're kind of running that small ball. So they look like a team that could be could make some noise in the in the Western Conference too as well. But I do see it like a Lakers Clippers. There's never been a, a conference series that I can remember that, you know, where two teams shared a city, not only a city but also arena, got to play on their home court for, you know, for four games at a minimum or only to a seven-game series. 
And then you look at the East, you know, Milwaukee has kind of take a little bit of on the road. Obviously, they had that bad road trip against the Lakers, too, as well. But, you know, you had teams like Boston, who was on the up and coming, and then Toronto, who kind of, we didn't know what Toronto was going to be like. Yeah, they won the NBA championship last year, but them losing the finals MVP, we didn't know what kind of step they were going to take. But they had like a couple of young players that step up, too, as well. And then you look at, you know, Philadelphia, obviously one of the biggest disappointing teams of the year this year. I mean, you lose two games at home, but your road record is under 500. And then Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are bad injuries now. They're fully healthy. So let's see if they can climb out of that sixth spot in order to make it up to that. Right now, if they were the season would end, they would play Boston right now. And they, that could be a favorable match for them because nobody can really stop Joel Embiid. But East is pretty wide open. I kind of I kind of see maybe – I want to give Milwaukee a good shot, but Chris Middleton is such an X factor. He didn't play well last year in the playoffs. I really don't – I really can't put my faith in him right now. And I he mean, didn't put any. Remember, he said just recently that he has not picked up a ball during this pandemic. Yeah, and I think you know it's going to show in those first probably those couple of scrimmages and those first couple of regular season games too as well. And if they want to lock up that number one seed, not only in the East Conference but for I don't know if really you want to call home court advantage when you're you know playing on the road. But you know what I mean. That does. You know, you do. You definitely want to get your players to sing too as well and get your rotation right too as well because I know a lot of players are are dropping now so they got to minimize the rotations a little bit and try to get those new pieces into their rotation to make sure they have a good fit. So before we get into your two finalists, whoever's going to come out on top, and you're right, when it comes to L.A., that would have been a great scenario. In L.A., L.A. first L.A., Western Conference Finals, the scenario where Big Brother, who all these years has been picking on Little Brother, (laughs) mostly because Little Brother kind of deserved it, for so many years for the ineptitude as an organization but for all these years big brother has beaten up on little brother and you would have that david versus goliath scenario unfortunately that kind of goes away and the fact that you know i i get the fact that the lakers would have had seven home games during that series that's notwithstanding it's just something that i would have loved to have seen i know you would have loved to have seen as an la sports fan as well that to see that type of scenario but it looks more and more like we're going to get it. But before we go into your two favorites for the finals and then ultimate finals champion, I should say, give me a surprise team from the East and the West that might make some noise, maybe sneak into the finals, perhaps. In the West, I like Denver a lot. I think they've been very consistent the last couple of years. And I'm interested to see what Nikolai Jokic looks like now since he lost all that weight. So, I mean, he's always been a big basketball player, to say the least. You know, he, he uses his body very well. He's very agile. So it's interesting to see how he's going to look with his new weight loss and how that team's going to look. And if you look at the East, I think you got to look at Boston, man. They were playing really, really well before the break. And, uh, you know, Kemba Walker being his first year there. And Jason Tatum has kind of turned into a – he's turned into an all-star this year. He's turned into a – a top five player in that conference. And I like the way that Jalen Brown is playing this year. They have a lot, their bench is a lot deeper with Marcus Smart playing now. So I kind of like Boston as a dark horse over there in the East. I'm going to agree with you on many accounts with Denver. It'll be interesting to see exactly, you know, the, the slim down version of, of Jokic, how with coronavirus you know, that he's now trying to get over, how much even more slimmed down he's going to be, which, like you said, could be a little bit detrimental to the point where he may not have enough strength as, as far as his turn, at least early on as he tries to build it up. But Denver is a very talented team, very deep team, so they could go a long way in the playoffs. There's also the fact that you have on the East, Boston, and if 
Jason Tatum can play like Jason Tatum did against the Lakers earlier this year, or like he was when he was really blowing up for that few-week period of time while Kemba Walker's out of lineup, they will go as far as Jason Tatum takes them. I firmly believe that. I have Houston and Philadelphia as my surprise teams, but Boston and Denver cannot be too far behind because if Jason Tatum goes on a tear, he may be, outside of Giannis, the best player in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I was hesitant to say on Philadelphia just because of their chemistry. Just right now, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have not played well together this year. You know, when one of them is off the court, you see the team play a little bit better, but just collectively on the court, I just, I don't know, man. I think Jimmy Butler kind of held that team together last year, and when he left, there was kind of no veteran presence in that locker room. I know they brought in Al Horford, but that was kind of a, they they overpaid for him, though. Yeah, they, they haven't they, they, worked out. They reached out for him to try to get him because they, they saw what Al Horford did to Joel Embiid when they played each other in the playoffs last year. So they're like, okay, let's not, let's bring the enemy to us so that way maybe Embiid can learn how to play against a, a thick body big like that. But just... Their spacing hasn't really worked any well. I thought Ben Simmons would take a major lead this year with his jump shot, but he hasn't done that yet. So I'm just not sure if if Philadelphia is ready to take that next step. That's the thing, because if they do take that next step, their defense can be as good as anyone out there with the lineup that they can throw at people. But you're right, it hasn't meshed well so far, and that Jimmy Butler could have been the very much – like you said, the glue that held them all together, but they didn't want to keep them. And Philadelphia so far this season has kind of paid the price for it, but they're all healthy. Maybe Ben Simmons might've found a, a, a possibly a, a jump shot, maybe. But if he didn't, even if he didn't, Philadelphia is, depending on the matchups, if they play against a Boston and Jason Tatum is playing like a good player, but not the great player we think he can play, that could be a situation where they match up very well because they have a front line that can that can really match up well against Boston. But it's all based on matchups, so we'll have to wait and see where at the end of the season these, these teams lie out after the eight games. But now that's some very deep insight. I've got Melvin Washington the third. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Talk To Me Sports Radio online on Blog Talk Radio. But before we head on out, I got to hear your thoughts on the, on the actual finals teams, the two final teams that you've got, and who will ultimately become the champion. Uh, so in the Western Conference, I, I have the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. I see that as a hard-fought series, but I think you know LeBron James is even more hungry than we probably ever seen him before, probably since he returned back to Cleveland. So, And I think Anthony Davis is the best compliment probably the best player that he's ever played with the way that he's put up numbers. He's a lock for decent player of the year. So, I mean, I had that series going to seven balls and we had the Lakers winning that series just based on their, just based on their experience that they have within, you know, with Dwight Howard and Javel McGee and all the, and Rajon Rondo, they have, and you know, they're bringing in Deion Wares and J.R. Smith. So they're bringing some, added some punch off the bench too, as well. In the East, I have Milwaukee and Toronto playing again in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and I have Toronto winning that series. I just think what Nick Nurse is doing with those guys over there and Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry and O.J. Pakenov, I think what they're doing over there is is very special. So I got the Lakers and the and the Raptors in the NBA Finals, and I got the Lakers holding up that trophy in six. No wonder I have this guy on. He's awesome. No. <laughs> you're, not required, you're not required to go ahead and pick the Lakers, but it's always great when you do. 
because most of the guests I have on don't pick the Lakers. They're always picking the Bucks or Clippers. So it's great to hear that kind of insight that you agree with me. Because like you said, when it comes down to it, it's all about matchups. And when you have LeBron and AD, that's a hard duo to beat. Yeah, and I think I think JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard have been really the anchors on that defense too as well, which allows AD to play his natural position at the four and not have him play at the five so much. But with those guys protecting the rim, grabbing rebounds, getting those alley-oop dunks, I, think, I definitely think it's a perfect fit for those guys too as well. And I'm really excited to see what the bench looks like. Obviously, losing Avery Bradley is a huge loss. He, was, he played really well in that uh, Clippers game on that Sunday night game. But, you know, them bringing in Deion Wares and J.R. Smith, guys who have playoff experience, guys who've won in the league before, getting some scoring off the bench where they didn't really have that at all. It was very inconsistent this year. We thought Kuzma was going to be that guy off the bench, but he's kind of struggled. And then you got... And then you got Alex Caruso coming in, bringing his energy into the into the into the stage and everything like that. So I kind of I like where their bitch is at too as well. Now, obviously, health is going to be a big issue. If you know, I, I commend Frank Vogel for keeping their minutes down a little bit. He's kind of played them all a little off the ball a little bit more too as well. He's kind of staggered their minutes a little bit. But obviously, losing Lyle Hollins, who's been a who was a great coach in Memphis, a great coach in Brooklyn too as well as their defensive uh, coordinator, as you say, will be a huge loss. But I think with their, with their veteran team that they have, I think they will be able to adjust to that. Hopefully the league will allow Lionel to have some type of communication with the team at some point in time during the game so he can give some insight and maybe a look that they're not seeing courtside. I don't know if you would call that an unfair advantage or whatnot, but I know there's a couple coaches like Jeff Bastelic will have the same issue with New Orleans where he's stepping out. So I'm, I'm hoping the league will, will allow it. I'm not sure that they will. I don't think they will. Usually they're kind of not bending when it comes to that. But I'm hoping that Lionel Hollins at some point will give them the kind of insight, whether it's at halftime or whether, you know, just to help them make adjustments. Because I know he's not just going to be idly sitting by and just sitting on the TV watching the games. I think when you're in this bubble, I think I think you got to consider all options as possible. Obviously, you know, with him being over three thousand miles away, I think he's going to have some sort of communication with the fan, with the team, whether it be halftime. I don't know if he'll be able to do timeouts the way they normally used to do it, but I think you know, with the technology that we have right now, I definitely think that's something that we, you know, the NBA should embrace. You know, they have the new rule with the the culture challenges this year, so they're embracing technology. And embracing like what the game is turning into now, so I, I definitely think they should they can play to that advantage and give some coaches access to things that they weren't previously accessed before. I mean, this isn't you know this is a spy gate. This is like what we have to deal with being in the bubble now. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll leave that up to Belichick. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey everyone, it's Gerald from the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Just want to give you a heads up on what's coming up over the next couple weeks right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. A ton of great guests, so please, if you don't follow us yet or subscribe, please do so wherever you get your podcast because there's a great lineup of guests I have coming along the way. Of course, we're going to have Rafael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies always on our show. Tom Wong from Lakerholics.net, also regular. I cannot thank both of them enough for being on our show. But we're going to have a lineup of guests for you. If you haven't seen already on our Facebook page, we've got a lot of great guests on the way. Check it out. NBA odds maker Rafael Esparza from Las Vegas. Got Melvin Washington III, also from Las Vegas. He's got a great show that happens every Friday on the Talk to Me Sports Radio Network on the Blog Talk Radio Network. 
got Craig James coming up from the Final Score podcast on the Podcast City Network. Corey Harrison's also going to be on the show coming up from the Out of Bounds Sports podcast. Got Matt Moderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast. Eric Sklar from KFI AM 640 and the TSK Show podcast. He's scheduled to come on the show as well. Got Big Baby Jonathan Soffel from the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. You gotta check out his awesome show. He's coming up on the program here coming up in the very near future. Michael from the RTF Sports Network. Gotta check out his awesome sports network that we are a part of each and every week right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Gotta check out Michael's great stuff that he's doing there. Chris Jose LeBron, the Off the Ball Podcast host. He's gonna stop by the program. JB Ellis from the Program Podcast. He's also going to come by, share his thoughts on the NBA scene. Cole Johnson from Cole Sports, Snowman Digital Media, and the Get Over Divorce Programs. He's going to come by on the show. And a Fago White Franklin III from Fox Sports 1340 AM Hopewell. He's going to come on and share his NBA thoughts as well. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great lineup of guests. I've recorded some already. I've got many more on the way. And, of course, that doesn't even include our NBA mock draft that's also coming right here, number 2.0, with a ton of great draft insiders that's also coming up. All these great shows, you can check it out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Before we head on out, it's just been such a pleasure having you on the program. I definitely want to bring you back on as we continue the bubble going forward i'd love to have you back on the show anytime you can come back on once again it is melvin washington the third from talk to me sports radio online at blog talk sports but before we head on out i want you to uh, yeah of course i'll say it i want you to sell our listeners why people need to check out your show talk to me sports radio or anything else you got cooking that you want to go ahead and let our listeners know about and also our viewers as well yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I host The Lounge. It's every Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So I do my show. I go to different casinos on the Strip. So I've hosted at different casinos live, usually the M or the South Wayne, where they usually have a big high betting presence there, or sometimes maybe even Caesars Palace. So most of my most of my uh, shows is revolved around you know sports gambling too as well. Uh, during the NFL season, we usually do beat the host where we have we have contestants call in and see how many we do like a little parlay card to see how many games they can get wet based on the line that's given everything like that so i have a i have a terrific host in indiana who does a really good job he analyzes we have his he has his own segment that he analyzes you know the best plays coming in the uh each week of football we do a lot of stuff with college football and we usually just do a lot with the betting side of sports given given you know people who don't really understand how to bet you know, some tools on how to bet and what to look for as matches and playing the odds and everything like that. So if you guys are ever interested, like I said, Lounge will talk to me sports radio every Friday night. I hope they hope to hear for you guys soon. And then uh, we've been off the air for a couple of weeks, but we're looking to get back on once the bubble gets back up and rolling. And that's every Friday night on talk to me sports radio. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So it's gonna be 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Sweet. You got to catch it on Fridays, please. That's something you don't want to miss. It's right there on Blog Talk Radio, Talk to Me Sports Radio. You got to go ahead and be a part of its great show on that platform from here in Vegas. And I got a chance to talk to Rafael Osparza, Vegas odds maker. So it's great. I get all these Vegas vibes from all these, these locals here in the Vegas Henderson Green Valley area. That it's always kind of nice because I'm always talking to people from around the world and you know, all over the country and it's kind of nice when I get to talk to people right, you know, 
right down the street almost. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Vegas gets a different insight on sports, you know what I mean? Because we host a lot of different sporting events each year with the NBA Summer League and everything like that. So we have a we have a different we have a different brand about Vegas with uh with the professional teams that we have coming in and the the way that sports gambling is the way it is and the way that other the professional teams have embraced it, you know, with MGM and the Caesars Palace and all those guys, you know, putting up marquees and sponsorships as well. So so it's coming more acceptable to. It's part of your daily routine. You know, you wake up in the morning, you turn on ESPN, and then you check on, you go on, check the paper, and check the internet for the odds on the, on the games that week. So you know what I mean. So it's just come, it's become part of your your sporting life. Absolutely, got to go ahead and enjoy it and appreciate everything that's here. As far as yes, everything does revolve around the gambling here in Las Vegas, but there's so much more of just being part of the, the culture in Vegas. It is kind of like a bowl that we're here in Green Valley because we're all surrounded by mountains. I feel like we're always in a bowl. But this bowl has just been so great for me for for so many years now. And it sounds like it's been great for you too because you you go ahead and you check out all the awesome places on the Strip that I've frequented as well. That's, That's always something great to go ahead and check out each and every time. Your show is on every Friday night. Well, it's coming back on Friday night when the NBA bubble starts really getting into gear. That you can check out at Talk To Me Sports Radio on Blog Talk Radio. But before we head on out, I want to ask you this. The NBA here in Vegas, you think someday it'll happen? I believe so. I mean, if you would have asked me this 10 years ago after what happened at the All-Star game a couple of years ago, I definitely would have said no. But I think... Adam Silver is watching how sports gambling has become a huge part of sports nowadays, and he's seen the success of the Golden Knights, and now with the Raiders coming here, you know, the Raiders is a, a top-five iconic franchise in the NFL, so if they can make it work, why can't we get a team that can make it work? You know what I mean? So I've heard rumors about Phoenix not reportedly being happy with their facilities that they have out there, so they might be in the market to probably relocate. Would I say we'd be the favorite to get a team? I, I think, to be honest, I'd rather have I'd rather see Seattle get a team yeah. before we will, just because you know, you know, Seattle is such an iconic franchise. You know, with with Gary Payton, also with Sean Kemp, and then they had you know KD played his first year in Seattle, so they've had such an iconic franchise for the last for an iconic city too as well. But I think Vegas, we're we're we're, we're a lot closer to getting that NBA franchise than I think. I think we were ever, ever were in the past. So I'm pretty excited about that. As am I. I don't think there's any more excuses. You're exactly right. Seattle deserves it first. They got they got hosed over. There's just no two ways about it uh, as far as the Seattle Supersonics are concerned and how that ended up. So they obviously will get first dibs, but there's no more excuses for Vegas anymore about the, the gambling. Uh, is there enough population? I mean, the, the success of the Golden Knights and the hopefully – future success for the Las Vegas Raiders will go ahead and just put that stamp of approval for Adam Silver if they want to go ahead and expand or move a team that Las Vegas would be a great option for them as well. Yeah, and there's a reason why they host the Summer League every year. You see how the Summer League generates all the people that are come here. I mean, the, the same, like last year when they had Zion Williamson here, I didn't see an empty seat in Thomas and Mac. You know, people were busted about that. And then the year before when they had Lonzo Ball coming here, and even this year, I mean, obviously not going to do this year, but this is a great rookie class that would have had people lined up for some league with Jameis Wiseman from Memphis. You have Lamella Ball and Anthony Edwards. This is a really good draft class that we got robbed of for some league this year. There's a reason why Las Vegas hosts the summer league of year, because we bring people here from all walks of life for all teams too as well. And if you imagine 
you have that during a, a regular season with the finals, possibly with all-star games and everything like that. You know, they do USA basketball here too, as well. So the NBA has a very long standing relationship with Las Vegas. And I think adding a franchise would even make that relationship even stronger than it is now. That's so funny because Raphael Barlow from NBA draft junkies, one of my good friends, as far as that's on the show constantly, he talks about how Lonzo ball ruined summer league for him because he doesn't have that access. Like you once did that I once did as well when you would just go there, pay 15 bucks for the whole day and you walk in and you'd be sitting right next to NBA coaches and GMs and, and players and all that, <laughs> you know, sparse crowd and you'd be able to go ahead and sit anywhere you want. Those days I think are over for the summer league. Yeah. I mean, you just look at these players now with all the, you know, all these, you know, especially, especially since all these players are probably going to go to the G league now instead of going to college now. So a lot of these players are going to have, more professional experience than they once did before. So it's definitely going to take summer league up to a huge level that I thought I was never seen before. Cause you look at players who previously played in the summer league before, like, you know, like Kevin Love and Kevin Garnett, Kevin, you know, Kevin Durant, Derek Rose, all those guys who are borderline all famous. Now and you look at the new classes coming, the last couple of classes that came in with Zion and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, all those guys. It's kind of like the new wave that's coming in with these new classes that are coming up. So, I mean, Summer League is not what the way it was before. It's actually, it's not something like, oh, I'm bored. I want to go to Summer League. It's, 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 a, it's a sought-out event that, like you said, $15, you got to stay all day. And now you get up from the seat, you're not getting that seat back. <laughs> no, you're not getting that seat back. I know, either at the Cox Pavilion or at the Thomas and Mac. Well, I'll tell you what, Melvin, it's just been so great talking to you again. Once again, it's Melvin Washington III. you got to check out his show Friday nights at the Talk To Me Sports Radio online network on Blog Talk Radio. You catch his insight and social media. Do you have any way that people can ask you any questions on the NBA or sports in general? Yeah, I mean, we have a Talk To Me Sports Radio page that we have. We invite, you know, different listeners to, you know, comments and blogs, stuff like that. Also, on Facebook too, I'm over Washington the third. You can follow me on Instagram too at MelWash3. So I answer a lot of questions there. I always try to get new guests uh, involved and make sure that anybody who has a sports voice can be heard. So make sure you get your opinion out there. We do friendly, friendly banter, friendly debates too as well. So it's, it's just nice to hear different people's objectives and opinions on everything too as well. But we all do it in all fun. Sounds good, my friend. I'll be listening and I know a lot of other people will as well. Well, I'll tell you what, it's just been so great having you on. I cannot thank you enough. You got to come back on the show again, like I was asking. So hopefully you'll be able to provide more insight to our listeners and our viewers right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. 